Uh, our gospel reading is continuing <clears throat> in the Beatitudes, as uh, Ellen started us thinking last week. Uh, it's printed in your bulletin insert, should you like to follow along. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts open ourselves to your presence this day. And as we listen to these ancient words, may we be aware of the word to whom all these words point, the Christ. And may we open ourselves to the mystery of the Christ's love. Amen. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Abba who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the society of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the sovereignty of heaven. May God speak to us today through these words. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In so few words, Jesus was able to say so much. And we struggle at times to say anything at all with so many words. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It's pretty direct and it's very clear. And presumably, presumably, the you in this germ parable, and that's what this is called. It's a germ, called a germ parable because it's so small and contains so much, is referring to Jesus' disciples. That would be us. Jesus is saying you, 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 my followers. I'm talking to you. I'm getting your attention now. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus doesn't call us to consider being salt or light. He doesn't challenge us to become salt and light. He doesn't invite us to reflect on the virtues and qualities of salt and light. No, he simply says, you are salt. You are light. Now get on with it. He couldn't have been more clear. Salt. You know, we take it so for granted. 
And I haven't really thought about salt because I take it for granted as well, except this past week I've been thinking about salt. Did you know that salt has more than 14,000 uses? And we won't even touch on how many uses light has. But salt, there was a time it was so scarce and so valuable it was used as money. In fact, those soldiers who served in Caesar's army received most of their compensation, their wage, in salt. Salarius or salarium comes from the root word salt, where we get our word salary. So the phrase, not worth your salt, meant you hadn't done a day's earnings to get your wage. Salt, as we know, in an open sore or soaking in salt water, quickens the healing process. Salt was involved in Israel's covenant with God at the purification sacrifices. The sharing of salt was actually a way of referring to sharing a meal. And in England in the Middle Ages, where you sat in relationship to where the bowl of salt was placed on the table, signified your significance and importance to the host. Salt was used to give brightness to lamps by sprinkling it on oil. Salt preserves and salt flavors. So we are told that this is who we are, salt. This is not an invitation. It's a declaration. It's definitive. It's imperative. You and I are salt. This is not a mere simile. You will like salt. Not an analogy, you were similar to salt, but you and I are salt. Have I made my point? <laughs> we are also light. Light illuminates, making things visible. Light stimulates, making things grow. Light ignites, making things burn. So you and I are told you are light, you are salt. So what are your feelings about this? Do you feel like light? Or do you feel like your light is too dim or too bright? Is your saltiness too flat or is your sodium level too high? Jesus is telling all who follow him, those who seek to know and understand him, that they are to be both that which preserves and illumines, as well as that which flavors and exposes. How, you might ask, how am I to be light, the light of Christ in the world? How am I to be spice in the world? In Matthew's day, to let one's light shine was fairly simple. It meant not to hide your Christianity behind your Judaism, to put it under a bushel, that light in you. In our day, it basically means the same thing, not to conceal our love of God for sake of job or status or reputation or ego or spouse or friend. In my pastoral ministry these past 38 years, I have blessed many things. I have blessed cars and babies and couples and coffins and graves and homes, and gardens, and rings. 
I've prayed prayer over water and buildings and windows and bread and cup. But this past Thursday, Tuesday, though, I had a first. I was involved in blessing a bar. Yes, a bar. Probably something you couldn't have said in church 25 years ago. But it's a different day. A friend of mine, this also wouldn't have happened 25 years ago, is a Presbyterian clergywoman who owns Sam's Diner down on Market Street. Across from Hotel Wickham, around the block from the central main branch of the library, and right down from the Orpheum. If you like diner food, Sam's has it, and it's healthy diner food at that, which I realize is like an oxymoron. Anyway, right next door to Sam's, if you're facing Sam's to the left, and this really didn't mean to be an advertisement, but I guess it's going to be that way, <laughs> Jeannie Kim, the owner, who's a Presbyterian minister, uh, ordained Presbyterian clergywoman, uh, this is her ministry, right next to Sam, and Sam, S-A-M-S, is the first letter of her three children's names. That's where the name comes from. She has just opened a brand new business called the Fermentation Lab a place that she wanted to be safe in that part of town where people could have a simple meal along with a good glass of beer or a good glass of wine. So Tuesday at 4 o'clock, there was a soft opening at 5. A handful of clergy, maybe six of us, were invited to bless this new business that Jeannie, this new undertaking that Jeannie was involved with. Debbie Whaley, who has preached from this pulpit several times, who is currently interim head of staff at Sunnyvale Presbyterian Church, presided, if you will. We gathered outside. There were Presbyterians, a Roman Catholic priest, John, um, and um, other Presbyterians, and one Methodist. We sat in silence. We stood in silence on the street as Debbie, with, a, with oil, on either side, of the panels at the door, made the sign of the cross, and then making the sign of the cross on the door as we prayed. We prayed on the sidewalk, and we prayed that all who would cross the threshold of that establishment might find a place of solace, of hospitality, of welcome, and of peace. We entered then anointing all the employees who work for Jeannie, who were madly going about trying to get ready for the soft opening, that they would be a reflection of light to everyone they served, to everyone who entered. And on them, Debbie just placed a circle of oil, not to presume that the sign of the cross would be appropriate. Not all the staff really got what was going on. But that actually was uniquely grace as well. Following blessings and benedictions that each of us offered, Debbie then made a sign of the cross again on the two panels and the door, but this time on the inside going out. And the prayer was, as we invoke the Spirit, that as people left, they might be salt and light in their workplaces in their relationships, in their families, to people they meet on the street. Later, I found out something that really didn't surprise me, but I didn't know, that every 
thing that is sold at the fermentation bar, 10% is given to support a neighborhood agency or ministry working with the homeless in the tenderloin. And this part of the tenderloin is a little dicey. You are salt. You are light. Genie is. And I believe so too will be the fermentation lab. Don't hide your light under a bushel, said Jesus, but put it on a lampstand to give your light to all. The very fact that Jeannie wanted to bless this establishment to be a beacon of light is a way of putting light on the lampstand and not putting that light under a bushel basket. Friends, there is a lot of division and fear around the country, around the city, around our world. And it's into a world just like this, our world, that Jesus says you were light, that you were salt. Now get on with it. Oh, sure.